Hello and welcome to the Six Ways from Sunday podcast. Today, I have two very special guests. Harry and Chris are the founders of Rainbow Camp and are joining me online from Ontario. Harry and Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for making yourselves available to have this conversation with me. Thank you, Ben. Thank you. So we are literally just now getting to know each other and have been introduced just a few days ago um, by a common friend, Jane, who I love and haven't seen in ages. So Jane, I know you're going to be listening. Miss you. And thank you so much for introducing me to Harry and Chris. Guys, I'm so excited to get to know you a little bit. And uh, our reason for having you on the show is all about Rainbow Camp. So I want to dive deep into the why behind uh, the founding of this camp. But first, let's talk a little bit about just the what. What what is Rainbow Camp? Yeah, uh, Rainbow Camp. So Rainbow Camp is a camp for LGBT, 2S LGBTQ plus youth, uh, ages 12 to 17. Uh, we have uh, campers coming from across Canada and the US, and we have one camper coming from Saudi Arabia this year. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, we started basically in 2012 with... Uh, I'm looking at Chris here because I was 14 campers, 14. one week, 14 campers. Yes. And now we've slowly progressed. We started at the United Church camp. We rented it for the week and then we were there for a couple of years. And as we grew, uh, we outgrew the space um, because um, our numbers were growing and they had their own programming. Okay. So we just, we, we now, I, I know I'm kind of jumping around here, but we, we now uh, rent a private camp. And we're up to six weeks of programming this year, plus an out trip. Wow. So we've, we've expanded. And when some of us had a little bit of hair when we started in 2012, and there's even less now. Uh, no. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It really, really is. And we, we have our moments going, what? But yeah. So six weeks during the summer. And I'm sure that obviously there's a lot going on leading up to, like we're, you know, we're in June right now. So I'm assuming you're, some of these uh, six weeks are going to be starting pretty soon. The the work though I'm sure goes throughout the year. So yes. you started back in 2012. Um, it, it, this is a big time commitment. Uh, what what is involved in bringing something like this to life and then scaling it like you've described? We <laughs> we have no life. Well, we started <laughs> we started this and we we just didn't realize what was involved. We didn't really have a clue as to what we were doing. Uh, we had uh, we made up a board of other individuals who mostly from the United Church. Mostly from the United Church. And uh uh you know everybody would give out suggestions. Oh that sounds good. Let's try that. Let's try this, you know. So it was it was trial and error many, many times. And uh yeah, but when that first week happened, it was just there was there was there was magic and, and we and so it it became really clear that you know that this was a worthwhile thing to do. Mm-hmm. So, so there was a need. Yeah, there, there's mm-hmm. definitely a need in just letting the kids know. And, and the we we have a, a, a full time admin assistant, assistant camp director, plus an, a, an admin assistant office person, for lack of a better term at the moment. And uh, we have a part time camp director. <laughs> we have a part time uh, marketing person. Um, we've there's a whole bunch of things that have gone on, but basically. Uh, Chris and I um, work at camp, um, I'll say not, not at camp, for camp, I'll say 24-7, but basically our job is to do the fundraising. 
And uh, we, we, if, if you're old enough to remember uh, The Muppet Show, uh, we are the two old guys that are in the, in the balcony. So when we go to camp now, we go to camp and sit there and watch and enjoy. We have staff, there's staff there that do everything. Uh, it's, it's wonderful, but it's taken us 10 years to, to get to this point. Mm-hmm. And um, ten or nine or ten, and uh, it, it, it's it's great. But to 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 Cam- work, to work campers want to deal with our staff. They don't want to work with the old guys. The old guys, here. Yeah. <laughs> you know? old guys yeah. from the balcony. Well, yeah, you know, and, and, exactly. Let us sit in the balcony. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Just throw a couple of crumbs. No, I'm kidding. In, um, in in the startup world, they talk about founders and then managers, and often people who start things are not great at continuing the you know management ongoing, and vice versa. But you guys sound like you know what you're doing. Like you sound like, um, I mean, I know this. It, it was kind of an experiment at the first year. It sounds like, but you've you've got a, an actual business model and you've you've got funding yeah. for it and you yes. have staff in place. Um, what is your background like? How did the two of you decide that a, a summer camp for two S LGBTQ plus youth was something that you <laughs> could pull off? Yeah, Look, let's call it a seniors moment. Um, <laughs> back, back in twenty. 2009 2009 we created a charity called welcome friend association and it was designed to bring the faith community and the local lgbt community together to get to know each other and we brought in a person to work on on an affirming process for any any churches or anything that was interested this was before affirm really started taking off okay and so we had a a, a three-day training program and we we it was it was interesting because the the, the affirming stuff was going on. The LGBT stuff was going on. We would meet at lunch and we'd meet at dinner and then we'd have some activities in the evening. And we ran two, two, one in 2009 and one in 2011. And there was no youth. There was no youth. It was all adults. And yes, uh, for some strange reason. It was very reason, sad. Yeah, it was, it was very sad. And for yeah. some strange reason, I just, I, I said, like, there's no, no youth. So our local minister in Thessalon here at the time, he was the chairperson for Camp Meetugal, which is a United Church camp. And I asked him if we could rent it for a week and have a, a camp for LGBT youth. And they said yes. And all of a sudden in 2012, we had to get our, um, I want to use a word, not the word I want to, our stuff together. Let's put it that way. And, uh, and to- actually, actually, Harry is missing a step. We uh-huh. were out driving one day. And Harry says, how about we start a camp for kids, for youth? Who knew? Sure, Harry, let's go for it. Yeah. You know, exactly. You know, so my, my, I should have known by that point that I should never go driving with Harry. Okay. These are when <laughs> his great ideas do come to light. So, yeah. So, you, this is a personal question, but have you two been together for a long time before this point or like? Well, September 17 years we've been married. Wow, congratulations. Yeah, we got married yeah. in our local, in my local United Church here in Thessalon. Thessalon yeah. born and bred. It's a population of 1,200 on a good day. And Chris <laughs> comes from? Uh, Toronto area. I was born yeah. in Quebec, but I lived most of my life in Toronto. So. so you knew Harry well enough to, by this point, when you were driving that day, that um, <laughs> this idea was something he was going to run with and that he could pull it off. Yes together yes. that you could that you could bring make it a reality that's really cool Harry gets an idea like this game over yes yeah i can already <laughs> tell that just from the, from your storytelling yeah, well yeah it's yeah it, it, it's uh well what's where was it uh, but the I mean, old guy gets confused. 
So, so operating, starting up and then operating a summer camp for youth is complicated and challenging enough, but to like, this is a very niche and uh, intentional camp that is specifically trying to serve a niche community that has some unique needs. Uh, And I mean, being part of the LGBTQ community already yourselves and involved in uh, bringing your church towards uh, being an affirming church and and all of that would have you situated to like, okay, these are, these are the perfect people to take this on. Um, but I just, I guess I can't get over how um, amazing and ambitious it is to say like, you know what, we're just going to start a summer camp. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. so fast forward to, you know, 10 years later, I guess, like, is this your 10th, 10th summer? This is our 10th year of actual wow. camp. And we ran two, two virtual camps in 2021, uh, 2020 20 and, and 2021. 2021. Yes. Oh, good for you. That's awesome that you were able to continue that. And so you've seen 10 years of youth coming through the program. Do do a lot of youth um, come back to camp and have had been there for multiple they, years? They were. We've lost two years, right? Because some of them have aged out now. Right. So, yeah, we've it's we've got some campers that have become counselors now and it's it's really, really cool because you're starting to see we're, we're building a community, but we're also building our own camp culture. Which, you know, when you're talking to other camping organizations within the United Church and all that, they've been around forever. So we're always learning. We're always, you know, it's always interesting. And when we bring up an issue, they'll go, oh, well, yeah, that's nothing new. And I go, okay. So, I mean, we, we knew. So Chris has been, had been to summer camp. I hadn't. I knew nothing about going camping when we started this back in 2012. So um, the director at that time and myself, we went to Seattle and went to an LGBT camp there, just in, well, the people that ran it. And she talked to them about programming and I talked about how they actually, the money stuff worked. That was in the spring of uh, 2012. And in 2012, we ran the first week and it's been a learning curve ever since. And and it is a learning curve constantly. The the, the kids evolve, there's always something new every year, but the, the one, the one thing that's real, well, there's many things, but the one thing that's really cool is when you see these kids, and Chris, and we can talk about this for hours, but when you see these kids come off the bus or however they got there, what we usually, for the ones that we're paying for transportation, so, so there's, a, there's a thing. So we, we will pay for camper registration if they can't afford it, and we'll pay for travel to and from camp from anywhere in Canada. Wow. Uh, there is a tier and, system, yeah. and if they can't pay the bottom tier, then we will subsidize that. Got it. Yeah. And That's when amazing. they come off, however they get there, it's they're they're kind of skittish and afraid. Yeah. Some want to know it's where the deer, mo- the deer in the headlights. Yeah, yeah. some want yes. to know where the nearest mall stop is. And I mean, we're in the middle of northern Ontario, not happening. But anyway, and <laughs> two three hours later, when they mix with the other campers, it, it's yeah, it's just it's just wonderful to see the the whole camp culture is is based on safe space. Mm-hmm. And people that's our first priority. People yeah. use safe space in many, many different ways. But for us, safe space means for these kids to be who they are and however they want to present. And that does change. Uh, it's a safe place to try on new new gender identity, uh, outward of you know, all that kind of stuff. And uh it, it's quite incredible to to see. And now that we've got so many kids coming through, uh it's they if if for example they've come in as Tom and for some what they want to try on I don't know Samantha the next day or the day after they'll put a name tag on so that people know how they want to be 
want to be called. I'm glad I'm not a, a camp counselor because <laughs> trying to keep track of 10 or 15 kids would just put this brain over the edge. But it's 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 it really took him years to remember my name. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> just not kidding <laughs> and we have a lot of fun and uh but but the whole idea of of these kids being able to to uh be themselves mm -hmm. uh when we have camp activities uh they they don't have to join in uh we are told we tell them they don't have to they can say no um, because most of these kids have been told how to live their life for 50, 51 weeks of the year, let's say. So this is their space. This is, this camp is for them, but they have to be engaged. So they, they have to show up. They the have activity. to show up at the activity, but they uh, don't have to be involved. And within most of the time when they see what's going yeah. on, they'll, they'll join in. So yeah, it's, right. even if it's not that day, the next day they're doing yeah, it. So I don't want to yeah. do it. Yeah, sure. And the minute they're there. Yeah. Well, I guess one story. of the things that must be kind of unique about this, uh, this camp is that you're, the whole body of campers are like for the majority uh most of them would be used to feeling marginalized feeling on the outside yes. feeling like they have a hard time integrating themselves into the group whether that's at school or whatever the act uh, you know sports or whatever activity it might be and so when it, i'm sure there's a moment that you guys would witness where there's like things sort of click into place that like oh everyone else here is like me yeah. and we're all kind of the the marginalized ones and we're and here we are together they're they're very very supportive of each other very it's it's really amazing how fast that happens yeah at that age especially hey like um do you, like being able to intercept that at a earlier on in someone's journey um versus you know trying to if you had a camp for 50 year olds i'm sure it would take a little bit longer <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly and 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 you see them they're not only comfortable all of a sudden because they realize that everybody's is the same or has a very a lot of commonality they, then they get then they then they get to experience like uh well i like this person no i don't like this person more i like this person it's like we in five days they've gone through this whole thing in uh, of stuff they couldn't experience in in other places as easily or, or talk about it it's just mm. it's kind of fun to watch to be honest i'm sure to see how they they, they open up and and just be being themselves and, and it's 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 fun to watch, and we're also, I think, a little envious about them being able to have this experience yeah. because you know who knows what our journey if it had been if it would have been any different if we had had an LGBT camp like Rainbow mm -hmm. Camp mm -hmm. to go to, and yeah. you know mm -hmm. it's, it makes you think, makes you think, yeah. and it makes the campers think a lot. You know, they come out of rainbow camp you know what i mean it's only five days but still you know their self-awareness has improved mm. you know i mean they have a clear understanding of what they're about and they're not alone the nice thing is now with, yeah, with facebook exactly. and instagram and all this sort of stuff back in 2012 that was one of our fears is they they get they get pumped and then they're going off and we, we we're no longer in contact with them but what we see happening very very quickly was when social media takes off that these kids start staying in contact with each other and, and they build their own network. And it's just, it's, it's great. It, it's just, it's amazing to look on their faces too, when they realize, Hey, I don't live that far from you. Wow. Yeah. How come we've never met? You know, it's right. Yeah. It's, so do you have a lot of campers coming up from the GTA area? Like from the Sorry? Toronto area? Do you have a lot of campers that mostly come from Southern Ontario, Toronto and we're for Ontario. We're, we're split about 50, 50, 50 from the GTA area and then 50 from Northern Ontario. Okay. And then the rest of the the rest of the population is is, is all over the map plus plus the U.S. 
That's incredible. And I love that you're, you're making it as accessible as possible and things like yes. subsidizing the travel costs and things like that, because it, I, I know Northern Ontario, I grew up going to um, Tobacco Lake on Manitoulin Island every summer where my oh. dad grew up. And so Manitoulin is, is like a second home. And I, I know that, that I, I wasn't as familiar as Thessalon with Thessalon, but it's, it's, it sounds like it's a community about the same size as Basha where I live now. Um, yes. well, we're just under a thousand and you're just, just over a thousand. So small town in Northern Ontario, I can, I can picture it. Um, and I could imagine that it would be difficult getting, even just filling a camp if you weren't able to, to draw from a wider, a wider right. area. So that's amazing. Right. So, so take me to camp guys. And, uh, you described, you know, the deer in the headlights moment, everyone's kind of getting off the bus. It's, it's five days. Um, what, uh, what are some of the activities? What what happens at camp? What what can kids expect there? So we, we have this year, uh, actually, uh, the two age groups have a one-week option or a two-week option. So we've expanded that because some of the kids that are coming from further away, we wanted to give them an increased or a longer time at camp. It's oh, a short cool. turnaround time, you know, if you yeah. live in Newfoundland, per se, and, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. you only five have five days, days as yeah. opposed to 10 days. Hmm. So, yeah. so camp basically starts uh they gather they when they get up in the morning they they have the opportunity to go for a swim or a walk or wherever and then they all gather around the uh, flagpole and there's some words of encouragement and i can never remember if it's called an alpha omega or omega depending on what time of day it is and they they do that and then they uh, come to breakfast and and uh just just so you know that breakfast consisted with the we were we were struggling to get a cook. We actually have two cooks now. We just got them yesterday, uh, with no pressure, of course. And uh, so they're feeding seventy five people with four menus because you have all your your vegan, you all the all the different stuff. Vegan, vegetarian, yes. so gluten free. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm off topic there, but it, it's a challenge. Everything's okay. everything's a challenge, but you get there. <laughs> and so they they have breakfast, and then they do something that everybody does together. That can be a game. It can be a, a quick learning session uh, of some sort, educational sec, uh, session of some sort. And then we camp consists of three streams. We have an arts and crafts stream, we have a sports stream, and we have an education stream. So they can pick what they want to do in the morning, and they can. And then in the afternoon, we have we have lunch. And again, they have some free time. There's some swim time, and there's one or two activities that they can pick from again. And then we have supper. And then there's fun time, and uh, then they have campfire, and uh, that's where the magic is. Uh, all the, all the, all the, um, what happens during the day? There's a lot of, I'll say team building, but what's happening is the cabin does a lot of stuff together. So you've got your networking for the kids there; they get to know each other, and then when they go out and do other things that maybe the cab is not doing, you see it grow. And then at campfire, um, they have fun, but they start sharing, and the last. Um, the last fire of the week is when you want to be there because that's when they, they, they I'm, I'm almost tearing up because that's when you see where the, the work gets done for us. And uh, it's pretty cool. It really, really is because they call it home. And when the kids are talking about coming back, they're talking about coming to home. And it's really, really cool. Mm. Uh, your turn. <laughs> that's amazing, Harry. Thank you for sharing that. Chris, what's, what's that like for you? It's extremely rewarding. And, you know, we're, we're just so proud, uh, you know, of our camp, uh, our staff, 
you know, how far we've come, you know, the journey, this has been our journey too, you know what I mean? To see something like this become a reality, it's it's amazing. It's just amazing. And, and of course, you know, we've had, we've created so much support for us. Yeah. And we have some wonderful friends and the donors. It's just been amazing, amazing, amazing experience. You know what I mean? And I, I'm so glad I haven't missed these these 10 years because it's just we go nuts but it's a good kind of nuts you know and and, um, we go nuts between us you know we have difference of opinions but it's all about camp it's all about camp and you know that's how much passion we have about it you know what i mean it's so i want to switch gears a little bit here and, and dive into the why for each of you behind it and like you painted a beautiful picture um of rainbow camp and kind of i like i feel like i'm there i'm i was just looking at your website and so and i've seen a couple of the videos that and we'll link to those everyone listening to this uh, definitely needs to check out um the couple of short videos that that uh, you sent me harry before today and just gorgeous it, it, it looks amazing i've got sort of that sense of, of of the what right but but let's talk a little bit about the why maybe chris um you first what why do all of this difficult work and all of that heavy lifting of, of founding and initiating this, this enterprise, this, uh, this venture, what's, what's the reason and the, the personal for you? Well, as I said, you know what I mean? It's just, um, you know, we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, but you know, for these youth, you know what I mean? I think that's just multiplied you know, tenfold, you know what I mean? I think it's a very scary outlook a lot of these youth have. And I think for for me, just watching, you know what I mean, life get a little bit more easier, a little easier for these kids, you know I mean? It's just so rewarding, you know, mm. to watch them and just absolutely be themselves. You know what I mean? That was... For me, growing up, you know what I mean? I couldn't be myself. I could not be myself. A lot of issues going on in my family. And uh, you know what I mean? It was was just another complication. And I'm really hoping, you know what I mean, that these kids really see what we're offering them. And you know what I mean? Come visit us. You know, Mm -hmm. it's... It's it's an experience I don't think they'll ever have again, you know. And, and you know they're going to remember this for the people they meet, for the new friends. That was for me, you know, the two tw- two occasions I went to camp. You know what I mean? It was all the new friends that I met. Yeah. You know, and you know this is such a, a great experience for them. It'd be life changing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So Harry, you grew up in Thessalon, you said, I think. Small town. Yeah. yeah. So and and I think. I don't know if something like this existed, um, Chris, when you were a youth in Toronto. Probably not. If, if it existed anywhere in Canada, it would have probably been in Toronto, but it probably didn't even exist there. It no. definitely didn't exist um, growing up a gay youth in Thessalon um, in your youth, Harry. What what can you imagine if, if you'd had something like Rainbow Camp in Thessalon? Yeah, I, I think I think that's one of the driving forces for both of us is, is the fact that 
you know, like growing up in a small town, Tesalon and not being able to be yourself. Like I didn't come out till I was 19. I, I knew all this sort of stuff, but I had no resources. I had nowhere to turn to. No role model. No role models, uh, nothing. And um, it, it, uh, it was, it, it was, it, it's funny, you know, because when we started camp, I just wanted, I, I, I think our goal was just to have the kids have fun. And it quickly became even 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 as we were designing camp, it was pretty clear that these kids, no matter where they were coming from, city or city or towns, they were all isolated in some way, shape, or form. Just because you have resources in Toronto or the GTA doesn't mean these kids have access to it or, or feel comfortable or can. For sure. And and um, it quickly became that it was interesting because um, when we first started camp, the whole uh, the whole alphabet of letters they knew what they were, but they didn't understand what they meant. Uh, jump ahead even a couple of years. It was amazing. They knew what all that stuff was, but there was no life experience or no experiencing anybody that was anywhere on the spectrum. So what happens now and what I didn't have when I was growing up is, is we have trans counselors, we have gay, we have lesbian, we've got the whole umbrella and we have um, allies. Uh, that are there, very, very positive, and um, they have, and they look to the counselors as role models, mm-hmm. you know, and it's awesome, because like Chris said, we had nobody, and um, it, it, it's it's really cool to see how that all develops, and, and the, I mean, we're talking about fun, but the, the joy that these kids have, it, it will blow you away, because all of a sudden, they, they can be whoever, they can be themselves, you know, yeah. I, I, I certainly didn't do this kind of thing when I was walking down the street. I didn't do like this, all that. I mean, I was terrified, just terrified. <laughs> and you see these kids, they don't care. I mean, they may care out in the real world. Well, I'll call the real world, but they don't care there. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a real. There were, there were no options for us. No. And I, I just wanted to say one thing here about the fact that I don't think we really understood the need yeah. for a place like Rainbow Camp until we actually got going on this. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. It was an eye opener. I'm sure it yeah. is still ten years later that you're you're, oh, yeah. you're realizing that there it's like you're trying to you know bail out the Titanic with a with a, a little pail. Like it, the the need is just so much vaster than the capacity of any one solution, any one program, any one camp. But all the oh. more reason to do <laughs> to keep growing it, right? Yeah, on that note, our, our goal in 20, I got to get the year 23, 2023 is to run uh, six to eight weeks of camp. Uh, we call it Camp Wakanda or Rainbow Camp. That's where we are now, just outside of Thessalon, and one week on the East Coast. And then the following year, one run one camp here, plus this one, plus one on the West Coast. Oh, wow. So we want to expand uh, yeah. working with community partners in, in on the East Coast and on the West Coast. Amazing. Uh, the, the physical location of where we are right now, we can only take a maximum of 50 campers and then there's staff. So there's seven, basically 75 people on site. Uh, it will always be home. It'll be the core, mm-hmm. but we'll be able to offer uh, more programming uh, on other sites. And it, depending on the site, we may really have a specialty camp, you know, uh, whether, whether it be uh arts, you know, theater, music, whatever. I mean, the sky's the limit. Yeah. But right now we're, we're just working just to give the kids a, a sense of being safe and home. Yeah. But, uh, and we'd be able to run, depending on where the camp is, uh, be able to do some stuff and have a Christmas, you know, over the Christmas holidays, March break, all that kind of stuff. 
Do you find, Harry, that that during the summer is when um, there's an, an, an even more acute need for um, that support for that uh, respite, whatever you might call it, of for for these youth to be able to come together and and have this opportunity? Um, I mean, it's it's more difficult to try to run a program when they're in school, but I'm just imagining that for a lot of these youth, once that whatever friends they have in their school environment and when that, like when the school year is over, that over the summer you might see like um, higher rates of suicidality or just isolation yeah. and just struggle, right? That to have yeah, that this... opportunity to get away to camp for a week yep. in that two months before school starts up again, that's... Yeah, I think a good example of what you're talking about, Ben, is the fact that are these kids excited about coming to camp? Yeah, because we start registration first week of January, and usually by mid-February we're full. Wow! Yeah, we were. That was that was in past years. Yeah, a little, a little bit different this year because of COVID. But yeah, it's it's amazing how many. Well, we were over fifty percent by the end of January this year. Wow! You know, we're, we've got great. a waiting list now. Um, I, I think for the kids during the summer too, if they if they've had a bad experience or been isolated, or haven't been able to be themselves at school then by yes. coming to camp gives them that release of that, that whole, I can be me. Yeah, of course. And absolutely. The, 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 I'll give you a little bit, you know, you talked, we talked briefly about what a day of camp looks like, but, but the camp is structured in the fact that um, all the washrooms are, are gender neutral. So they, they can pick whichever one they want to go in so forth and so forth. Um, the cabins are based on age, not by gender. So, and that's uh, a bit of a difference. The The other thing is, is when kids are going swimming or there's anything going on the waterfront, they have to have a top and bottom on. And that, and, and we, what we say is to cover their bits. And the reason being is any, any of the trans kids that are anywhere on this, uh, on wherever, it's all about body image. Mm -hmm. And so if somebody's worried about, you know, what they look like, even if, how they, how they want to present Maybe different than what the way they look. I'm trying to grab words here, and so by doing that, everybody's on the same playing field. I love it. And uh, everyone has to feel comfortable. Yeah, you yeah. gotta be comfortable with who you are. And, and so we try and put everybody in the same. And same with staff. They all, everybody has to abide by this. And it but was interesting. Describing what you're sorry, what you're describing, Harry, is so distinct from like here's your school uniform. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Where there's mm -hmm. no room for individuality and expression. No. Like, you're just, you know, keep providing enough structure that it it creates a, a feeling of safety for anyone anywhere on that spectrum, like you said, but still giving them, you know what, you can wear whatever you want as that top, but yep. just let's let's just cover up. So I love that. That's really cool. Can, sorry, and you were gonna, you're in the middle of a thought there. Oh, well, at this age, it's gone probably. <laughs> uh, no, all good, all good. Um, so, so that that's one way that we 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 make sure that the, the kids are, uh, are 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 all equal. The other thing, one of the sorry, we have a cat here that keeps running across. Um, we um, we have a the last night uh, they have a a dinner, some sort of themed dinner, mm. and then they have a talent show, and that's always interesting. And then they have a dance, and um, for a lot of these kids it's the first time they can they've ever been able to dance with who they want to dance with whether it's guy guy girl girl and they can present however they want and it's it's a lot of fun 
And uh, there again, I'm not going to get teary, but that, that's something Chris and I never grew up with in school. Some of the schools are, are working on it, in, you know, depending on where you live. But it, this is an experience that they can, they can, again, can be who they are, however they want to be. And, mm-hmm. and I'm going to give a plug to Porter Air here because we use them quite a bit to bring people from Toronto to the Sioux. They're great to work with. They're great to work with. And they allow the kids on their boarding pass to have their uh, preferred names on them. So no matter what they're registered as uh, on the flights, because we do all the bookings group. group, uh, Our assistant camp director becomes a travel agent, just saying. But uh, (laughs) they do all the bookings and Porter Air will allow the kids to have whatever name they want on the boarding pass, which is really cool because for the first time, you know, these kids are recognized. That's really neat. And that is pretty much unheard of, hey? Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, yeah. you One described of the first, Harry, uh, years that we used Porter. I'm sorry, Ben. No, go continue. Uh, one of the first years we used Porter, they even put over the boarding gate yeah, Rainbow, Rainbow Camp. Camp. Oh, you're yeah. kidding. <laughs> That's amazing. It so, was part yeah. of their pride stuff. And they, 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 they worked really hard. And we, we send somebody down to meet the kids. So they're coming up. Uh, with somebody with some supervision we we can't supervise everybody coming to camp but there's a way if if we're looking after the travel and bringing them they can coordinate it at the airport whether it's the international or whether it's uh, billy bishop and then we we bring them up Hmm. but yeah it's it it, there's a lot of moving pieces uh and you know we we were talking about us and 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 we really couldn't do without the staff i mean we Mm. we we put in a lot of work but the, the staff are the ones that they make the magic happen. Absolutely. And, yeah. uh, you know, how, I can't, so we can't control what people, how did the, the camp, the camp director, something about dreams. We want to create dreams and we, we can't create the dreams. So we want to make sure that we can't predict the dreams. So we want to make sure that everything's on the same level so that something they pick is positive. Mm. And they work. That's not the greatest way to express that, but that's that's their goal is to make yeah. sure that, that they know that this camp is for them and that it's, it's all about them. And trust me, it is. It's it's a, it, 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 they they bring so much diversity. And uh, first things any staff coming on board learn is that their role is to make sure that every camper has the best possible experience yeah. at Rainbow Camp. Yeah. Mm. So that's the sort of mantra. Yeah, that's so the mantra. That they have to to create that so, great experience. Can be, a, can be a lot of work depending on where they come from. If they come from a broken home, mm-hmm. we we see a lot of. Uh, we can give you story after story of, of how these how these kids end up up, up at camp. Uh, some a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle may be signing them up because their parents don't accept them. They may be coming from a foster home because their parents have kicked them out wow. because they're gay or lesbian. Uh, it's horrible. It's horrible. Some of the stories. It's the the, the after a couple of years, it, it's interesting because you get a parent writing you and say, "You saved my son. He went to camp this way, and, sh- and we thought he was going to be suicidal, or we were really afraid, and then he came back a changed person." Wow. It's, it's those kind of stories that just it's just you know make again make it all worthwhile. It's it's something that you don't expect, and now and now we see it all all the time because we, we're seeing that the families that you know you. I don't want to take it for granted, but you know that things are working mm-hmm. and things are happening for positive change. And, and that's, and then you've got parents that can't do enough. Yes. You know, they they want, they're so, you know, what can I do? What can I do? So, so mm-hmm. one of the things 
I know we're talking about Rainbow Camp, and then we have the online stuff, which is called Rock. That's Rainbow Online Connection, cool. and that's been running currently through the through the year. But now it's just one or two things a, a month. But we did start a, a parent support group, and so it oh, basically is actually a family support. Group. Yeah, the family support mm. group. So we oh, the, so parents can sign up. They, I think we have seventy or eighty total, but maybe only five or six show up for a session. And they sh- they bounce off each other. They just want to share stories. It's wonderful, it's wonderful. You know the encouragement. It's like the There's a whole bunch of well, experience. Hey, eh? just taking it online. Yeah, it's yeah. Like who knew what COVID could do? We right? started <laughs> our first few sessions where we'd have a topic to discuss. No, they just want to talk to each other. Yeah, and that's they just, great. They need each other's support. That's yeah. Wonderful. You know, they're not yeah, alone. Just peer- like the kids, right? Yeah, exactly. It's such yeah. a beautiful parallel. So, so it's, you guys have talked about. Um, making sure that the, that that safe space is a, is a fun experience through those five days. And, and Harry, you also talked about that last evening around the campfire and that's when the work happens. So this, um, this parallel of like the fun and the work, uh, both being important pillars of the camp experience, um, in structuring like, and planning out like what the counselors will do with them, what the activities are going to be, what some of that educational stuff is going to be, in even deciding who to have as staff and making mm-hmm. sure that you are creating some role model representation there and throughout that spectrum and that the youth can see themselves in some of those uh, role models. A lot of that is very deliberate, I'm sure, in uh, encouraging these youth to do some of the hard work that will send them back home um, with more confidence and with more self-acceptance and with more understanding of their of their gender identity or of their sexuality self-esteem yeah all of that right so yeah. that stuff doesn't um doesn't happen without some some uh intentionality around it but right. at the same time it sounds from your, your description of camp that a lot of that stuff does start to just naturally evolve just from these youth being together in a safe space and having fun so it seems like you you could create a camp like this that, that doesn't even have any, uh, you know, LGBTQ programming per se, and they're just canoeing or they're just crafting and they're just having meals together. And just because you brought them together in that safe space, they would go home, you know, changed and have, having grown. But then you're adding on that layer. How do you decide, you know, and I'm sure it's evolved over the years, but um, tell me about some of that, the, the work part, right? Like the 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 counseling and the I don't know if you have like therapists or if you have group sessions or like, what is, what does that part look like? So we, we try and to be honest, we try and stay away from any, any type of therapy because we're only there for five or five or 10 days. Yeah. Um, the kid, the kids can't talk to, to, to their, to their staff or to other kids. So, so the programming, so you've got your arts and crafts stuff. That's, that's pretty, pretty much it is what it is. And you've got your sports. And they, I mean, they've even got the gay games. I mean, they may, they have all sorts of fun with these things, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just, the, the staff are just amazing. The, the programming is a little different in the fact that we, we, we bring in volunteers uh, that will come and speak to the kids. I remember the first two years and then, so let's go to United Church camp. So we were renting United Church camp and me being United Church um, was really interesting because they had a, a whole hour on sex ed. And what safe sex is, and I'm thinking, really? But in you know, we got thinking about it. Where are these kids going to learn if they're coming from a Catholic background? Doesn't happen in the schools. Mm-hmm. And in, in at that time, 
in, in the high schools, good luck, let alone anything about LGBT specific or genders, whatever. So it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. And they, they, they had sex jeopardy. They had all these things that were just, and I mean, we've continued, but it's interesting that, that their knowledge of, of, of that portion over the years has, 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 has uh, they've been exposed to the education component, mm-hmm. but we still do it. We, 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 we do trans stuff. We call it trans 101. So if the kids, if the kids got questions about, you know, that journey, um, and what what that may look like so forth and so forth and there's somebody there we have somebody come in and talk about that or could even be one of the counselors that's going through it or has gone through it can share you know and uh help that way that we quickly learned uh we broke off the 12 to to 14 and 15 to 17 when we were doing the sex ed because they they were taking some stuff home like literature and one parent says i don't think so we go of course not why would we assume that what a 12 year old, but I mean, we're learning, right? Yeah. So then we broke the age groups and uh, which, which works great. Um, but it, I mean, we also have a talent night. Oh yeah. Which is a <laughs> lot of fun. I bet. And it's, it's, it's jaw dropping how talented these kids are and they don't realize it. They have not a clue. And, 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 and the kids clue. are so supportive and it can be bad, but you know, and the kids are just loving it. Right. Wow. I, I would never say any of the talent is bad, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, you want to be encouraging exactly. and supportive, exactly. you know what I mean? The top but, 40, maybe not, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but just, exactly. That's and, amazing to, to create a space where, you know, at like we just, our kids, I have three kids and they just uh, had their school spring concert. And uh, I could imagine that a lot of youth that are maybe not comfortably out at school would feel, um, reserved about just any form of self-expression it's not just about gender and sexuality it's getting on stage in front of you know a few hundred classmates in Toronto and singing has nothing to do with your sexuality but you're still putting yourself out there and and so to have a space at camp where you can do that and do the thing you love whether it's acting or poetry or spoken word or singing or or ukulele yeah (laughs) like whatever it might be that's really cool yeah, it, it it is very cool. Just experiences um, that give them some self-esteem, right? Yes. I, I'm going to share one story. Chris has heard this a thousand times. A thousand and one. Uh, but anyway, um, so <laughs> we do this all the time. Um, one of our campers, was it the first day? Mm, I think it was about the second. The second day in the morning, this one young fellow came up to the group and said, you know, um, my mom found a dress in my in my closet a, a couple months ago, and I just said it was one of my was was one of my friends. And uh, then when we was getting ready for camp, she found a dress in my in my uh, uh, suitcase. suitcase. And she said, "He said, well, mom, I was lying. It's mine." So that's that's all he said. And then he said, "So I I feel so comfortable around you guys. Would you mind if I put it on at lunchtime?" And then the staff and the kids were just amazed. Yeah, yeah, they were just totally totally into it and, and when he came out for for, for lunch and you got to remember we're on a beach he had high heels on this beautiful red dress looked fabulous and the 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 kids were just so impressed and so accepting it, it was beyond words yeah you know and that's the kind of environment that we that we create and, and the magic there of however these kids However bad dressed they want to be, however well dressed they want to be, doesn't matter, you know. And no judgment, no judgment, and, and the, the staff and the kid and and one of the and I think it works 
well, or one of the reasons it works well, is because of all, all the, the pressures and everything to conform or worried about your, your self-image when you're going to school, when you're this age, and all of a sudden to be told, oh, well, you know, do what, you know, be who you want to be. And, and I realize how easy that sounds. And, and, and Chris and I take it for granted. But when you look at these kids and when they're coming in and they are, are, are afraid and they, you know, from whatever background, and yeah. it's it's really really cool to see yeah. see the change in just the just the whole some of it's attitude but some of it's just they just blossom. Mm. I you imagine know? that by and, the end of that five days, a lot of them are probably terrified to go back to their life. We go through that too. Yes, yeah, usually some, the night before. There's yeah, a lot of tears. Lot of Definitely tears. the morning that they're leaving. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of tears. So, mm. but you know, we I, I think. St- uh, well, I think it's, I know staff say to them and their friends say, you know, this isn't the end of your journey. You know, this mm-hmm. is the start. And if they're, anything, they're swapping email addresses and, and, oh. and you know, Instagram. So, so, so yeah, I think one of our fears was we're building them up and then sending them out to the world. But what we've seen over the last several years is that's not an issue anymore. And mm-hmm. now that we have a full-time staff, there's an 800 number they can call. We can help provide resources. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that we lack big time because we're Canada-wide, knowing where 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 things are and all this sort of stuff. But we can we're slowly. If you look at our uh, um, if you look at our website, we have some resources there for parents and for kids. But we also try and do our due diligence to to get send them somewhere. You know what I mean? It, it, when you're a national, so it's funny, you know. 1200 people in Thessalon mm-hmm. and uh, when you're uh, uh, in the middle of nowhere um, to be able to provide resources Canada wide is kind of mind blowing. It sounds like you you're know? punching way above your weight. <laughs> and, and I know what that's like because we, we feel like that in, in our little town here, Basha has programming and resources and supports for uh, people who are struggling with mental health issues or with addiction or, just the, the the spiritual family and community that we're uh, creating through different programming in our church. And there's, there's so much, and the community theater programming, there's so much going on that people come in and they think, whoa, this is, this is happening in this little town, like this little village in, the, in central Alberta, the conservative yeah. you know, capital of Canada. That's crazy. And, and we're just, we, we love surprising people with the, the big yeah. things that come out of a little town. So I'm sure you feel the same way. Exactly. 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 We have, and we do have some rules. Okay. At camp. Oh yeah. Because the way we're talking, like there's not, we give them a lot of latitude. Yeah. Well, that, that, everything is, structured. Every, that is true. But you know, we have a 0% tolerance rate for bullying, harassment, anything like that. Okay. Um, yeah, they can't have seconds until everybody is eaten. <laughs> <laughs> and um, one thing that I, I take great pride in saying, we don't have uh, cell phones. We don't allow them to use their cell phones. Okay. Yeah, yeah we started that about the fourth or fifth year. We thought we were going to have a riot on our hands. They were not <laughs> going to, they weren't, weren't going to be able to live without their phones. But I said to, I remember saying to Quite a few of them, you know, you're missing the whole camp experience. If you want to be on your phone, stay home. Yeah. You know, so you're adding this on is, that. This layer. is an experience you're not going to get to have every day of your life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so really why cool waste it? It's, it's like a digital detox experience at the same time as the camp experience. 
Yeah, it took a couple of years to wean off because if you got any kids that were coming back, they expected it. So, it, yeah. But now everybody knows prior to coming that they, you know, if they bring their phones for whatever, they're 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 locked away safely, and uh, so that you know. Now you get to have an in-person experience. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so it's amazing how easy once you set the set the expectations. Coming to camp is they, they don't care. Yeah. Yeah. But it has it's to not be a clear. factor anymore it's, at all. It's very clear that this is this is what's allowed. This is this is how it's going to mm-hmm. go. Like with the the zero tolerance to bullying, I I think you hear a lot of stories and and see a lot of stories even in um, in pop culture and movies and in shows where the the gay kid who you know doesn't want to accept their their identity lashes out and ends up bullying the other kid and like so i don't know if you have you struggled a lot with that and has it been difficult to to create that safe space of zero you know aggression and bullying no 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 i mean i can i can think of a couple of occurrences but once once um the staff to to talk to one or two of them away we go Mm. You know, I think it's in some respects, I think it's part, like like you said, it's part of a, a, a learned process or a defense mechanism, whatever, mm. somewhere else. And when they bring it here to camp, it, it quickly fades. Or, I, I think any of the campers coming into Rainbow Camp, I think it's just assumed and rightfully so that there isn't going to be any bullying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we're promoting this as a safe place. And um, they, there is there is an agreement that the the, the campers have to agree to and certain behaviors and so forth. And that's one mm-hmm. of them, but we, and there again, we've learned that through, through the years of what, what, you know, so that we, we're all on the same, same playing field. One of the things that, that sets us apart too, is staff have to know where they're, so there's a couple of things. Staff have to know where their campers are. So if you mm-hmm. have 10 kids and uh, they are in different programming, can be a challenge, but it was funny. And, and when we first started, you could you you could see one of the staff people go one two three four five six six always counting to knowing where the kids are <laughs> and the idea is that that the because at, when we first started we had a lot of high risk kids and we have some now but there's there's a nice nice blend but the idea is that if 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 one of the kids is going over here and the ca- the counselor has to be over there then somebody else will be watching mm. and and it's funny because <clears throat> the kids are aware of it but they 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 quickly forget that so it's not a, it's not a big thing but for for staffing we want to make sure that that these kids are safe no matter what what where that comes from so they're always in the line of sight one way or another if one camper wants to go to the the cabin that's fine if two want to go to a cabin there has to be a, a counselor Mm-hmm. All that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So that one one of the things now, that we found counselor in, wakes up in the middle of the night. One kid is missing. Yeah, if they, if we they, gotta we have to find that kid. If they want to yeah. go to the washroom, they they have to wake up the counselor to let them know that they're going. Um, all all for safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be animals, could be anything. It's it's yeah. it's a. Uh, it sounds like a lot. But really, once you get into the rhythm of it, and uh, um, I was going to say something about the when we with watching with the ten, with the ten kids, um, mm-hmm. gone. But anyway, <laughs> gone for today. <laughs> That's okay. Welcome to our world. I'm sure you guys have many, like countless stories and memories of over the last ten years. Um, yeah. Before we wrap up, do you, do either of you have like a really special 
favorite memory or story of being at camp and something that you witnessed or something that really has stuck with you and kept fueling you to, to do this work? Which one do you pick? Yeah, that's that's because every 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 year seems to uh, and since we haven't had camp for a couple of years, I, I think for me, um, it, it, the the memory the memory or memories of, of the last campfire when the kids are just talking and being themselves, and expressing to each other, um, how much camp has meant to them and how much their friendships are the, being with each other. That's that that is always and there may be one or two stories that stick out from that. But, you know, when, when they talk about you know, they're not out to their parents or, you know, or this and that's happened and this is the only place they feel safe, that kind of stuff that gets you that really, really gets you. Um, yeah. I don't so much have a story as, uh, as a favorite, but, you know, one thing we did want to do and the support group that we now have on rock um, that has sort of filled that need. But before COVID, we wanted to have a weekend and invite parents, uh, whether they have uh, a gay child, trans, uh, and just have a weekend and just, ask questions yeah. and just to really, because as Harry said, you know, we, we, we have a lot of very, very supportive parents and there's probably questions that they're not too comfortable, comfortable asking, mm -hmm. you know, and we, we hear an awful lot about pronouns and, you know, uh, how, why they're so important, why they're so important or, or what happens if I screw it up as long as you're trying if, if I if I was to tell anybody a parent anything if, if your child decides that they're they, they change from he to she or they or whatever it is as long as you try they're happy because then yeah. they know you're trying yeah it, it, you feel it the gives support. them some affirmation yeah yeah I, I do you ever encounter um, family members of a camper who is almost like nervous that well if I send them to rainbow camp, and they weren't trans before. They're gonna they're gonna get it in their head that they want to be to, to change genders because they're at this camp surrounded by that, that process. Though doesn't happen overnight. Yeah, yeah. It, but I, whether parents think about it, I, we've never I've never we've never encountered no, that. No, no, good. I I think I have from outside people. Yeah. I I think at one point um, one one of the reasons another reason we watch all the kids and everything so closely is. Back in 2012 or 2013, we were we were being called the the camp for for sex for LGBT. Oh my goodness! And so we're always under the microscope. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so, and just for the record, we have a zero percent. Oh yeah, really? Yeah. That, that's Hank, not happening for hanky panky yeah. at our camp. Yeah, yeah. No. And hence why they're you know. But I mean, we just we just went that extra mile because this is all about safe space, and and we are under under scrutiny all the time mm -hmm. we we had a we had a threat uh, about a gun in what 2019 mm -hmm. it was just yeah he was yeah so we had the police were involved and all this sort of stuff but i mean there's things there's things that you know when we told that to the united church camping people they were just the the group we belonged to they were just floored like these things that they don't have to deal with right yeah. as far as the but i mean that's part of the life that some of these kids i mean we're not surprised but it all of a sudden it, it just put a whole new level like when we're watching what's happening in the states and that it, it 
we have processes in place and what we back several years ago schools now have that process anyway when we're telling right. we have to meet here one issue here this that's all part of the school curriculum now so it's right and i believe our processes are are working yeah you know we were obviously doing something right and mm-hmm. uh, yeah no and and again we can't say enough about the staff and about the kids and 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 chris you've you've, you've missed your line You've missed your line that we, so as we talked about before, we we constantly fundraise. And who knew at 63, and one was a little bit younger than me. Anyway, uh, our constant fundraisers. And um, we, again, we we have events and stuff that go on. And we, we're getting more and more, like there's UCWs that, that we get check in the mail. Uh, it, it, uh, most, most of our funding comes from non-LGBT people. It comes from outside the community. Um, and so uh, we're always looking for donations. I'm putting it out there. And then go to helprainbowcamp.ca or helprainbowcamp.com. Any amount, $10. Uh, to, the actual cat cost per camper is $1,500. Um, but yeah, what? and we never turn any kid away because of their financial situation. That's Chris's line. I can't believe yes. I'm saying it's like, wow. <laughs> You're stealing his thunder. That was, <laughs> you know, aside, uh, along with ha- creating a safe place, we always said right from the beginning, any anybody who wants to come to camp, they can't afford it for whatever reason, we'll make sure they'll get to camp. Yeah, mm, That's so. amazing. The hardest part must yeah. be when you have to tell a camper that wants to be there that, um, you know, you, you could have helped them financially, but the camp is just simply full. Like when you get to yeah. that February, March and, and your January registration is, is now full. Yeah. Knowing even, that, even now, sorry. Oh, just, I'm just imagining that knowing, knowing that this can be a life-saving experience for, for the youth that are there to be able to, um, to not be able to just take every single take person them. who wants to come that that's got to be really hard. And that, that's why we want to expand, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, and, and right now there's kids signing up, they're, they're going on the wait list and some, some things happen. Some, you know, some kid may get a summer job. Some, something may happen. The kid can't come. So we place them in, but yeah, it, it, it's hard for staff. And, and you see the parents, like I'm thinking like, like this week, I think we had five registrations already, excuse me. And they're going on the wait list and you're thinking, you know, and you hear some of the stories, you know, it's like, mm. yeah, I wish we could. But yeah. hopefully, our, our goal. So we, we. Do you, do you remember being a teenager, then? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> how, how you know we had so many questions, we had so many issues, and then these kids, they have these same questions, but then it's compounded with issues about their sexuality questions. Yeah, yeah. it's concerns. It's you know, you know, so. At the same time, I, I look at our, again, a parallel between Thessalon and little old Basha here in Alberta, and I see our school is so much more open-minded and accepting and uh, yeah. and so much safer of a space for kids that are trans or in, anywhere on the LGBTQ uh, rainbow umbrella that are just accepted by their peers in their class and they're out and they're in, you know, grade six or grade eight or whatever. And I think, man, when I was that age, no way and that was yeah. you know only 30 years ago that i was in you know i'm 30 years older than than my middle child and i picture myself in those environments and think back then it was just so incredibly different so that's got to help too that yeah even even in the little towns right like yeah. hopefully even more Absolutely. so in the, in the cities but 
even in the in these rural communities and even out here in Alberta, it's it's getting better. We're getting yeah. there. It, it, we're getting there. The 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 uh, the effect of the is going on in the U.S. right now, where they're going backwards, is is we're starting to see an influx of kids coming from there as well. Mm. And we, that's really we, neat we, that you're open to to kids coming in from outside of Canada. And you said one from Saudi Arabia. Was that what you said? For yeah. This summer? That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's pretty cool. I, I, well, we think his parents are working there most of the year and he's home for summers. Yeah. We don't know that, but we're kind of, we won't know until we, we actually get to, to see the city, see, see the camper. But yeah, the, the other thing, well, not the other thing, but one of the things we have done is a strategic plan and a five-year business plan and uh, we want to grow camp so our goal and this, this is staff's goal is they want to go up to 700 kids per summer wow so if we can only you know so that's that's a lot of growth uh over the next three to five years no kidding um, so, so right now you're taking in about 50 at a time over six weeks so say 300 we, a summer or so um uh, this this year it's 200 and 20 that we can take we're we're about 200 ish right now okay so yeah so that's a lot that is a lot of growth that would be incredible yeah and that's going to be done with the multiple locations and 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 i don't think staff will see this so we're okay so there is talk of of doing some it's talk at this point but one of our dreams all that's that's how we do that's how we do it one of our dreams is in march break maybe of next year or maybe the year after of taking some of our LITs and a couple of staff down to Dominican Republic and meeting with their LGBT youth and getting to know each other. And whether it be uh, an L- a rainbow camp down there, I'm not totally sure. There's organizations we can work with. There's organizations here. This was p- sort of proposed to us as a possibility. And then one of our goals is to bring some of those kids up to us. Oh, wow. That would be neat. So it'll be a really nice mix. But that's 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 a dream at this point yeah well you guys are big dreamers i can tell that <laughs> and so i wouldn't put anything past you uh, you chris chris you're pointing at harry here where people won't will just be listening and not seeing you pointing so i gotta out you <laughs> you're um uh it's both of you like obviously yeah it is it is so i i just can't thank you enough both of you for sharing uh a glimpse into the rainbow camp story uh, and I think we'll have to wrap it up here for, for this conversation, but um, is there any last just um, parting words or, or uh, message that you'd like to, to leave listeners with other than obviously we'll uh, give a plug to where they can uh, give that support or learn more, find out more information we, about sending someone to camp. We, we, we've actually started getting more invites to go to different churches to talk about camp. We like doing that. That, that helps build awareness. And uh, if you know of any LGBT youth um, that might be interested in going to camp, it may not happen this year, but let them know about us and uh, rainbowcamp.ca and get our name out there and, and help them. Or, we still have some openings. Yeah, so. like they're on, they're on a wait list at this point, but yes. And even even not, even if they just get in contact with the office mm-hmm. and if they are interested, there are, there, there's the online stuff that's happening in the fall again. So there's ways to, ways to reach out. Yeah. And if you know of an LGBT parent that's going through a rough time, uh, call our eight eight our eight hundred number, and uh, we might be able to help provide some counseling. It's that's all Zoom amazing. based, but yeah, yeah. So you guys are doing so much, and I love the the online component and the peer 
support for for families um the the roc so that that website again is it's, it's everything's under either welcomefriend.ca or rainbowcamp.ca the menu is all there perfect so all, all our services are there which is, yeah you know cool. any lgbt teens listening to this you know what i mean give it a chance yep and you know all i want to say too is that life does get better yeah it it, it yeah. does and you're not alone like that's for sure and if you feel like you're alone get, get to camp and have fun that's a great place to leave it Harry I love that Chris thank you uh, again both of you so much it was great to get to know you a little bit that's great really fun conversation and a a great way to celebrate pride month this June Uh, and I hope that you guys have just a wonderful camp season this summer um, and that all of your youth have a fantastic and I'm sure life-changing experience up in Thessalon at Rainbow Camp thank you again for sharing this story with us Thank you, Ben. It's been great. And everyone listening, uh, definitely check out the websites. We'll put the links to uh, those websites that Harry mentioned in the show notes. Um, uh, And you can also find out more information about our podcast. If you just go to risingspiritministry.com and click on media and podcasts, or on um, you can subscribe and listen to past episodes of the show uh, just by searching Six Ways from Sunday on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. So thank you for joining us today and hearing about Rainbow Camp from Harry and Chris. And I hope you join us again next time. Uh, We have a new episode out every second Friday. So until next time, take care and be well.